All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your 0-2 host, but still three-time former champion, the commish, Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Uh, we're breaking down week three this week, recapping week two um, in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. Joining me tonight on the line, we have Shane Stein um, from Teabag, Take Your Ball and Go Home. Who got a hey. who got a big win last week? Hey, Matt, it's good to be here. Good to be one and one. I feel like you needed that one more than me. I did. I really did. We talked about it. Um, I think there was no way my team was coming back from zero and two, but there's still hope for years. Um, still think your team's a little better than mine, but we we needed that win last week. Happy to help out a friend, buddy. Appreciate it. Um, and also joining, um, he's one and one. But he may be in a very similar boat to me long term here uh, from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. Oh, fellas, fellas, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to see my colleague, the, the, the teabaggers, get off to a, a start that they needed to last week. I did not get anywhere close to a victory despite having 25 points on, on Monday night from OBJ. But thanks for having me on, and, and good to be here. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird week in Sons of Fantasy. Um, we had a 67-point effort from Butler. I thought you were going to get real close to that number, but OBJ saved you from that one. Um, just it was, a, it was a weird week. didn't seem like there was a lot of scoring, just in general. Um, so... Any uh, any big surprises or takeaways other than the Desert Dogs losing in week two for you guys? I mean, you took the main one right out of my <laughs> – took, took, took the wind out of my sails there. Um, obviously, I don't think anyone could have predicted you going 0-2 to start the year. Um, but – I've lost. I don't know. I've lost more times, or the same amount of times, in two weeks this year than I did the last two regular seasons. Two two losses in the last two years. So, big streak coming here, boys. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the uh, the Favre division and the Kozlowski tandem sitting at the bottom, zero and two. We're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to merge our teams. <laughs> <laughs> at what point? At what point is there a trade? At what point is there a trade coming for the, the Patriots and the Desert Dogs to uh, assemble a winner over there? So I guess that's what we got to find out. I'm going to try my best to avoid it, but if you guys keep poking the ba- the Papa Bear, um, Baby Cos is going to have to you know stand up for his father. So <laughs> good, Phil. I knew you're chomping at the bit. Everybody listening to this right now is like, is, is he kidding? Or are they really working on a trade? We're always working on a trade. Like, that's – we're always working on it. So, you know that. Papakaz did make a comment that he was looking for offers after the 0-2 start. Um, I don't think there was much truth in that. I think he was just kicking some tires and stirring some pots, but – um, I know he did get a couple offers this week. I don't think anything was good enough to necessarily move off of 
his players, especially with uh, the hammer coming to town this week. Hard to uh, hard to sell the squad when when that team's coming to play against you. Yeah, disappointing. Uh, disappointing week one loss for me against that squad. <laughs> Could be sitting pretty two and zero. Yeah, doing some damage, but uh, didn't come to play. I forgot that you were the one that lost then. I was. I feel like I lost the worst team in the league, and I beat the best. Phil, you enjoying our uh, Thursday night staple, Jags Titans? All right, thanks. All right, good talk. Phil uh, somehow dropped out. This is bad radio. Um, anything else big for you, Shane, from week two? Um, no, I mean the Mad Dogs being two and zero was surprising to me. I know Mad Dogs two and zero. We got the Clan two and zero, and Ice Cream two and zero. Is that our three two and zero teams? I believe. Uh, yes, I think you're right. Um, another another year, another. The hot, good start for Troy Spears. Just yes. all he does is win in this league. Uh, even salvages a just a dismal effort from Christian McCaffrey last week, who usually needs to do well for him to 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 win, and still finds a way to put up a nice week and win. So Troy off to another good start. He's been a been a staple in in this league now since since I don't want to say forfeiting, but punting year one. Yes, he's pretty much been. Been a perennial power. Um, looks like it's going to be a real good battle. I feel like. I mean, it's early in both divisions, obviously, but I feel like that Elway division. I feel like it's it's really going to be like a five way race. <laughs> I really feel that way. I feel like that's, there's a lot of a lot of evenly good teams over there. That's pretty messed up to say about Bull. Yeah, I just don't think Bull's team has enough to match up with the <laughs> other teams. Um. Phil, before you so rudely left us, I asked you if you were enjoying our Thursday night staple of Jags Titans. Uh, I I just flipped it off actually to make sure my Wi-Fi connection doesn't go out again. So I uh, not, not not a huge fan of that matchup, and uh, that's the the one game I I won't bet in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's worse, the Thursday night schedule or the Monday night schedule. Um, they're both pretty poor, but. I feel Let's like keep I feel Go. like they play this game four times a year on Thursday night. It's always Jags Titans, always. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't get it. it. Just feels like every other week is Jags Titans. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. At least we don't have the mustard yellow uh, Jags jerseys for Thursday night. Very true. And now we drop Shane. What is going on with you guys tonight? Um, so we were talking about surprises while you were battling your Wi-Fi issues. And one of the, um, things that we talked about were the mad dogs being two and oh, being kind of a surprise. I, um, I, I don't, I don't know if I, I was as surprised by, by those guys as I was by just like some of, some of those elite tiered running backs through, through the two weeks, like the Kamara's the McCaffreys, I, I, I expected to get a, a, a little bit more out, out of those guys. I mean, the, the week McCaffrey just put up, 
And like that Buccaneers game that happened last Thursday night, I'm still thinking, yeah, I got killed. But like, how how is that even possible with how much he gets used to that offense? And then I'm I'm, I'm looking at the guys like James Conner and, and Juju on my team that aren't showing any signs of life, and it's just like the first few weeks. My takeaway is it's it's been really weird between the the, the quarterback injuries, whatever the hell's going on with Antonio Brown. Whatever the hell's going on with like for my team, what's whatever's going on with Josh Gordon, which feels a whole lot like a, an Antonio Brown roller coaster without the highs of it, and knowing at any at any second I could get a tweet on my phone that says Josh Gordon did so and so and he's never playing football again, just like Antonio Brown. So I mean, it's it's just been a super weird year, and I and I expect things to normalize and and have those elite tier running backs come back and maybe even some normalization on, on the quarterback side and wide receiver side. But it's just, it's just been really weird through two weeks, I guess, is, is my takeaway. Yeah, it definitely feels like this is – like the last couple of years have been the year of the running back. We've seen some crazy running back seasons. Um, this year it feels like it may be the year of the quarterback. Um, I feel like we're going to have some really wild quarterback scores the way – the way things are looking right now. Um, and maybe the Dolphins have just messed up football for everybody. I don't know. That, that's definitely in play as well. Um, the one thing I will say about Fedley's team being 2-0, I'm going to make a bold statement here. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the most impactful fantasy football player that I've ever seen, um, maybe even more so than LaDainian Tomlinson. Um, you know, with us only having eight players in our starting lineup with no kicker or defense anymore, you're trying to get to a hundred, you know, that's kind of like the, the cash game score in terms of DFS, the, the score that you need to get beaten by rather than, you know, beat yourself. And that dude's putting up 40% of that just regularly in our league. Um, you know, Fegley, I don't, I wouldn't say Fegley has a great roster, but it's good enough with that guy leading the charge. So I, I take back almost everything I said last year about Mahomes and not having crazy value. I wouldn't spend anything to have him on my team. Well, I, that, that was, yeah, that was the point I, I made last year. And then during the offseason, I, I went back and I, I looked at some of the numbers he put up. And I'm like, there's, there's no way somebody's going to open up with back-to-back 50 touchdown seasons. And – through two games, he looks every bit of 50 touchdowns as, as you can get. And he looks like that guy that's just – he's just an outlier and, and, and looks incredible in, in terms of fantasy football. And you're right, you're, with so much of our production coming from quarterbacks, having the best one and having that advantage every single week and having that guy you can put in regardless of matchup makes a huge deal. Yeah, I mean – He's he's putting up 37, 38 points a week so far through two. And, I mean, you, I sit here and think about it like, all right, obviously we think that the regression is going to come and he's, he's obviously going to come back to earth. But, like, I think about it like what defense is going to stop him? Like, what which defenses in the league are capable of stopping him? I mean, okay, we thought at Jacksonville was tough. All right, he, he goes 378 and three scores. Um, so what are, what are the defenses that are going to stop this guy? Obviously, like Chicago, Denver, like who else? 
What's what is stopping him too? That's the question. Yeah. Like, if you give up twenty five points to Patrick Mahomes in fantasy, you feel like you got off easy. I yeah. don't have Dem- I don't have Denver on that list, Shane. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying at, 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 at Denver, at Denver is a tough place to yeah. play. Uh, obviously, I, I think at home against Denver, he still does well. But I mean, at New England, he has to go to. I, I, I that's probably the toughest one, right? I mean, yeah. that New England defense looks like it's pretty, pretty for real. Um. So I mean, I, it's crazy. It's just, I, I it's just like who, who's going to stop this guy? I mean, it, it's not going to happen. And, and and he lit him up last year. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, Travis Kelsey says we should have seen this coming. Everyone was worried about what the running back situation was going to be like in Kansas City. You know, who who's the running back you wanted to have in Kansas City's offense? Pat Mahomes is going to regress a little bit. The running back uncertainty should have made us all like Mahomes even more. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey made a statement before the season started. He said, our offense this year is going to be real simple. He goes, when people think we're going to run, uh, we're probably going to pass. And when people think we're going to pass, we're definitely passing. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we should have we should have seen this coming. Uh, you know, I understand regression, but it, they're just too fast. And the, the players around him fit in perfectly to how he wants to play. So I feel stupid, honestly. Well, I mean, also, like, it, it, it's it's September NFL football, right? Like, there's a lot of high scoring. The, the weather's perfect. The weather's been great. The matchups have worked out. Like, we, we don't know how tough that week one matchup at Jacksonville is going to be until we see more games. I, I, I guess I stand by everything I said before, and I, I, I still think – it's going to be tough for him to put up another 50 touchdowns, but let, let's go through the month of September. Let's do two more games and then decide if everybody was just wrong on, on him being able to repeat. Let, let, let's give it a chance. Yeah. I mean, one thing, one more thing before we move on, like it's incredible to me. Like he does all this damage and he doesn't even run. <laughs> nope. Ever. <laughs> like he, he never 300 yards in the first half. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> which would have been which would have been crazy, except he did it the week before too. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I don't understand. It's crazy, and I almost feel like if you're not starting your DFS lineup with him most weeks, you're not giving yourself the best chance. Um, unless you're playing whoever's going against Miami. All right, Shane trivia. Let's, All right, let's go. On. Got a couple questions for you guys tonight. I. We'll start off with a wide receiver question. Um, Tom Antonio Brown became the 72nd player to catch a touchdown pass from Tom Brady last week. I'm wondering if you guys can name the other 71. <laughs> oh my! Oh my God! <laughs> I'm kidding! I'm kidding! All right, that, that was not, that was not it. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna sit here. We don't have that much time to kill. I actually I have three short questions for you, so we're actually not going stump the Schwab style tonight. Um. My first question for you, obviously we were talking Tom Brady, Patriots trivia earlier today. Here's a good one for you guys. Um, Tom Brady has been shut out twice in his entire career. Can you name the last head coach to shut Tom Brady out? Oh, my God. Um, I know the team. 
Um, I do. I I know the quarterback. I'm trying to think of who the coach was. Um. All right. Can I can I throw a guess out there? That's kind of what this is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if you were going to go Kai's first. I, I know it's not something straw, but I'm going to go Rex Ryan, Buffalo Bills. Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback like four years ago. That is incorrect. Oh. All right. Um, so I don't think it's the Bills. I think it's the Dolphins. Um, but forgive me that I'm struggling on my Dolphins head coach history right now. Um, I, I don't know who predated Gase there. Am I am I even on the right path, Shane? All right, so the Bills are incorrect because that game wasn't started by Tom Brady. That they the Bills have shut out the Patriots, Phil. But oh. Brady was not the starting quarterback. Um, it is the Dolphins, so you are correct there, Matt. Okay. And what, what, can you tell us the year? The year was two thousand six. Was it um, Sperano? It was not. Oh, uh, how about Nick Saban? Nick Saban was the last head coach to shut out Tom Brady. <laughs> That's Ooh. sickening. That's sickening. <laughs> Why does everything come back to those two head coaches? Why? Stupid. Everything. <laughs> Everything's Saban. Saban and Belichick. That's it. That's all we need to know. Uh, so, all right. So that was number one. Number two. I thought. I just found this one. I thought it was kind of kind of fascinating. A little tough one. Um, can you name the only player in NFL history to catch a touchdown pass from Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Andrew Luck? How about Stokely? Brandon Stokely is incorrect. Austin Collie. Austin Collie is correct. Damn it! <laughs> very good, very good, Matt. Thank you. God bless him wherever he is. I feel like he, <laughs> I feel like his quality of life cannot be very high right now. Yeah. All right, but you knew it had to be a white guy. <laughs> that is correct. It was Austin Collie. Um, let's get to the. This is the, my main question for the evening. Um, more fantasy related. All right, so through two weeks of football, there have been only three players in the NFL who have had 100 yards receiving in both weeks. Can you name those three players? Can, can you repeat the question again? Sorry. So through two weeks of NFL football this year, there have only been three players who have had at least 100 yards receiving in both games. I got one. Can you name those three players? John Ross. John Ross has done it both weeks. That's correct. Hmm. How about Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup did not do it. Terry McLaurin? Terry McLaurin did not do it. 
Um, Last week he came up short, man. AFC or NFC? Um, one AFC, one NFC. What about Dorsett? Did Dorsett get a hundred this week? Um, no. Oh God, I'm just crashing and burning. McLaurin only had sixty-two last week, cause. And you said wide receivers, right? Not pass catchers. I said pass catchers. All right, receiving Mark yards. Andrews. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews does has done. <laughs> I hate these trick questions. <laughs> that was a trick question. I said 100 receiving yards for two straight weeks. So John Ross did it. Mark Andrews did it. We're looking for one more. What about Calvin Ridley? Calvin Ridley did not do it. Ugh. Um, I know it's nobody on my team. Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen did not do it. He had 98 oh. yards last week. He did do it week one, but came up two yards short last week. I got one more guess. I'm out. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is correct. Can't have a trivia question without Larry <laughs> Fitzgerald. He, old man Fitzgerald, has to, had 100 yards both weeks. And I think that the old man is in store for one of his best seasons yet. Um, it's looking pretty promising. I feel so happy for him. So do I. Like, he caught, I think, a 40 or 50-yard ball on in week one. And I think that was his first 40 or 50-yard catch in four seasons. Like, yeah. just having someone that can get him the football is – it's it's what it should be. I'm happy for him. It is. I mean, I was looking at his numbers today. Like, he's only, like, 200 and I think, like – 40 catches behind Rice for like, the all-time lead in receptions. I mean, you think we get it all this year? <laughs> I got to figure he's going to get around 100-some this year. So, I mean, he's going to have to play two more years after this to get there. So, I don't know. We'll see. But I'm excited that he finally has someone that likes to throw the ball or that can throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, I'm all in on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I think it's great. I love watching that team play. It's fun. I don't know if they'll win a lot of games, but they're fun to watch. All right, yeah. let's get into the week three matchups. Well, we're not going to talk about the waiver wire this week. I didn't feel like there was a whole lot out there. Um, if we do want to talk about anything, yes, we could talk about Phil and his $16 Demarcus Robinson bid. Um, if you guys want to go there, that's fine. What was the second bid on him? I know I had one in for 11. 15. You, you got two people had $15 bids on them, so you bid the exact amount you needed. Holy shit. That never happens. Yeah. I always bid way too much. Well, that was a good bid. Oh, my God. Are you, um, start, are you starting this week? Well, that, I think that we'll, we'll get into that when we get into the matchups, but I'm, I'm pretty clueless as far as who my flex <laughs> two is going to be this week. Okay. And it might not matter if any 
any indication from last week. All right. Well, with that said, we'll get into the week three matchups. Um, we'll start off with the Hammer versus the Patriots. Um, this might be a loser leaves town match. My favorite. Week three. Um, we'll start off with the Hammer. Right now, I guess there are four players um, who we consider at running back. That would be Naheem Hines, Gio Bernard, and the Bills duo of Devin Singletary and Frank Gore haven't had a lot of news on Singletary's health. Um, with that being said, I think Gore is clearly a must-play um, in that matchup for him, which is incredible that I'm saying that in 2019 about Frank Gore, but um, he just he's the running back version of Larry Fitzgerald, I guess. So, how do you guys feel about Hines, Bernard, Singletary, and Gore in the running back slots? Shane, I'm expecting your go-to. I'd be sick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not feeling good about this at all. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'm kind of feeling good about Gore. Um, I feel like he's probably your best option there. And honestly, if it wasn't hurt, I probably would go with the two-headed backfield of Gore and Singletary. <laughs> um, I would do whatever I can to get Bernard out of there, I think. Yeah. Um, then again, yeah. They, they might have to be throwing the ball a lot, so who knows. Um, but I think I would get Bernard out of there. I don't, I don't know what direction I would go, though. Hines does not seem to be doing much of anything in that offense yet. Yeah, I, this is probably – Bernard's probably in there from from last week and just hoping for the best. But Mixon's fully healthy. He's practicing all week. I, I think he'll get out of there. Hines, um, I, I, don't, I don't love the play, but I, I forget. Uh, I think it was Mac that mispracticed today. So he might, might get a little bit more work. And it's not something I completely hate. And, and I, I certainly like it better than – Throwing Gio Bernard out there. I, I'd be starting the Bills backfield unless Singletary's out. That's sickening to say. Bernard, even if Mixon were still banged up, terrible matchup at Buffalo. Um, and Hines, I just I'm not in on that situation. Um, he doesn't even run routes like he used to. Mac, I think, in the last six games has run more routes than Hines. Now, if Mac were to be not good to go, then obviously things change. Um, but I haven't heard anything other than the fact he didn't practice today. So uh, Gore and Singletary would be uh, the Bills backfield and also the Hammer backfield for me this week. Um, what do you guys have as far as total points from an expected Hammer duo in the backfield? I'd say if you get 20 out of that spot, you're thrilled. Wow, I just don't see a path to 20. Um, if Gore punches one in. Gore punches one in, I guess he has. Uh, you're going to have to. But I'm going to say, yeah, 17. 12 of it from Gore. Yeah, I mean, if, if you get to 20, I, I think you, you consider this a win this week. Um, with 12 or 13 of that, almost definitely would have to come from Gore. He, need, he needs to get in the end zone. I say he gets to 20. I think it happens. So, 
I like the matchup for Buffalo. Uh, let's talk about the St. Louis Patriots and their starting running back from the New England Patriots. Is this the week Sonny Michelle goes off? Uh, great matchup for the Patriots against the New York football Jets. Uh, no, it's not this week. Um, I think the way you can beat the Jets is by throwing the ball. And I think the, the Patriots are going to do a lot of that this week. So, I mean, I think Michelle's a good bet to maybe punch one in, get a red zone score, but I don't think it's going to be a huge breakout week. Look, he, he, he's going to break out at some point and score three touchdowns in a game. But I, I did laugh. I, I was on Twitter and I saw the stat. Did you guys see the stat uh, around Michelle? No. So, of the players that have 20 touches this year, there's only one that has not broken a tackle yet. Do you know who that one player is that has not broken a tackle with a minimum of 20 touches? I'm guessing it's Sony Michelle. That, that that's right. That's right. And I, I don't. Maybe it's just because when he's in the game, their offense is so predictable. But it 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 it, it probably doesn't mean anything. I thought I just thought it was interesting. Um, but I I do think he comes back. I, this week is, is as good as any. I mean, I think it's kind of what Belichick wants out of the running back position. Though. Um, he he. Want you to just say, "Hey, the play's supposed to go here. Um, do your job, run it, get pick up three, four yards. Don't fumble, and let's move on." <laughs> Shane just um, hit us with the "do your job" on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think Michelle breaks out this week either. Um, I think this is the New England Patriots version of Todd Gurley load management. Um. You know, it's been 30 minutes and we haven't mentioned Todd Gurley yet on this podcast, so it's time. Uh, I think they're going to throw a crap ton in the first 10 weeks of the season. And as the weather starts to turn and, um, you know, Brady starts to get a little older and a little more saggy pants <laughs> of the year, um, we're going to see them turn back into the ground and pound Patriots they were last year. But I think they're going to kind of show off this air raid right now and have everyone thinking that's the team they're going to be this year. And then as soon as teams start prepping for that, they're going to turn into what they were in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think Michelle's going to be a beast down the stretch. Yeah. Might be too little too late for the St. Louis Pats at that point, though. Yeah. Need a win this week. Who do you guys have winning? Hammer versus Patriots. I'll take the Oh man that's tough I'll take the Patriots though Give me the Pats I I, I think this is one of those feel good stories Where the the Pats are going to go Reel off I think three in a row And go from a, a, a team that's In the middle of a fire sale To a buyer at the trade deadline well, if he whipped off three in a row, that means he beat me. Um, but I'll take the Pats this week as well. I think he gets back on track here. Franchise, 
versus Weevils. One-to-one franchise, 0-2 Weevils. Uh, we'll start off with the franchise. The question, Phil, uh, produced for the podcast, was, is DD still a viable flex play? Well, Westbrook's not in there tonight. We chose not to play him. Um, currently, he has Debo Samuel in there at the flex two spot. So, um, if if uh, if Westbrook was not the play, who would you have played this week? I think he got it right with Debo. Um, he's shown that he might be the best Niners receiver on that team right now. Um, if he doesn't choose Debo, I think there's two guys still out there in the waiver wire that would be worth worth picking up. Um, but I think he got it right. I don't think he'd be played DD just yet, but I think DD will in time come back to plus two. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm still a believer in DD. Um, but I think just for this week, I think I would play Samuel. Um, clearly some issues going on with the Pittsburgh defense right now. Um, I mean, they have played two pretty good quarterbacks to open the year, but just giving up 33 and then. 28 last week. It's being shown that you can score on Pittsburgh right now. So I think uh, Samuel was kind of a got to get in my lineup for this week. Yeah, I, I like Samuel probably for some different reasons. I, I don't, I don't think the the Steelers defense is, is all that broken. I think they just need some time and a quarterback that's not hurt and going to go th- three and out a few times in a row. Um, but like. I'm looking at Westbrook's having a good game tonight so far through the first half. But what, like Corey Davis, what what is going on? He, was he was he hurt week one? He put up a goose egg, and is he is he hurt tonight? Like I don't, like what what happened to that guy? I think Marcus Mariota has something to do with that. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of throws hit the ground tonight without being touched by anybody. Yeah, I think I think Marcus Mariota is ninety five percent of this. <laughs> yeah, um, they have to be better with Tannehill in the Titans. Like, and I don't even feel like it's close. Yeah, I mean, you you need someone that can at least threaten to throw the ball down the field. <laughs> yeah, and Mariota is just not that guy. So, two guys that I mentioned, I think, are still maybe relevant for this week on the waiver wire. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. from the Niners. Um, I don't know if I would start him this week. He's the running back, third running back, I guess, on the Niners. But uh, Shanahan did say today that he is the red zone back for them. So that's in play against, you know, I don't don't think there's much wrong with the Steelers' defense either. Um, But as Shane mentioned, they haven't necessarily shown that they can stop teams yet. And I think Shanahan's one of the best offensive minds um, out there. And then the other name I wanted to mention is, I was going to say J.J. Arcega Whiteside, but I mm-hmm. just found out this week that it's J.J. Arcega Whiteside. Um, kind of interesting to note that. But I think if we get news that Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are out, I would, I would, he's definitely worth a pickup. Man, I, like we keep naming all my FanDuel players in my in my lineup this week. I'm gonna have to go back and change everything. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know that I'm ready to put the, the Jeff Wilson Jr. in my lineup just yet. 
No, I no, but I think he needs to be owned. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, I could see picking him up. I don't know that I'm ready to start him this week though. Um, but I mean, certainly look like he's going to touch the ball when they get in the red zone. So he's, he's worth definitely worth a flyer, but I, it would be a risky play. Maybe maybe that's a play for Butler. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah I, I I've I'm a man of principle. I've always had a rule that you got to be really wary of players that started week one on a practice squad when you want to put them in a starting lineup. <laughs> and that that's what Wilson started at. So to, to, to me, it's, I, I agree. It, it's worth picking him up. It's not the craziest thing in the world, but he he's a pickup and, and, and hold for me. And then we'll see what happens when some of those other running backs get healthy for, for the Niners. Shane, this is going to shock you, but, I don't mind practice squad players. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, the, and I'm going to back it up with, I think, some logic here. You guys can take and run with it or tell me I'm an idiot. But a lot of times if you're on the practice squad, it's a numbers game. And, you know, the team likes you enough that they want to keep you around. But in the case of the Niners, you know, they had Tevin Coleman. They had Brita and Mostert. All three of those players, Coleman obviously didn't play for them last year, but Brita and Mostert had success in that lineup. So did Wilson. I think he was on the practice squad, not for any fault of his own, just the fact that it was a numbers game for them. So sometimes I, I think if injuries hit and a player from the practice squad comes up, you know, it's actually a good thing. The team likes them enough that they kept them around. Yeah, but it's, it's it, I, I I agree. Like maybe later in the season, but week three is early. Week three is really when he yes. played in week two. He, like he he played the second week after starting. So I I no I, I get I get I get what you're saying, and you don't want to dismiss all those players. But there, it's a numbers game. But there's a reason that there are numbers ahead of these these players, and and Correct. for the Niners, there's it's, there's injuries and stuff, and you can't discount what opportunities are there in a, in a, in a good offense and you're right, but I don't know. It, it's so early to, to go to that. Well, you're right. You're right too. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. So for the Weevils, any concerns with Josh Jacobs or do you guys feel like he's an every week RB one from the Raiders? The Raiders. <laughs> the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Um, I'm concerned this week. Tough matchup at Minnesota. Yes. Got to figure they're going to be losing. <laughs> um, He's also apparently sick as a dog this week. Yeah. Um, he lost – he said today he lost 10 pounds this week. He's been so sick. Holy shit. So I'm, I'm running away from that guy this week. But I like him a lot um, rest of season. Yeah, rest of season, got to like him. A little concerned that he's caught one ball through two weeks. Um, yep. That's a little concerning right now for me to pencil him in as that number RB1 all, all the time. But clearly the carries are going to be there. Um, just not a fan this week. But I don't know that you take him out of your lineup. I think you just you got to keep him in there if he plays and hope he does well. Yeah, I I, I, I certainly don't have the, the confidence that, that, that Cause has in, in Jacob's rest of year. And, and it goes to what Shane just said in that. He's caught one ball. Last last week he didn't get targeted at all in the passing game. And that was a negative game script. And I, and I think the Raiders are going to be playing from behind a lot this season. 
and he's not going to catch a lot of balls. I don't I don't know if he's an every week RB one. Like the, the the question suggests, he he's probably borderline matchup dependent based on what what the likelihood is that they're going to win. I I still have him in my lineup, and and I and I think he's a great player, and he's young, and he's gonna he's gonna catch more balls over time. He did it he did it at Bama plenty. Um, it's just that it, it's limited at least for the initial few weeks, and we're not going to get the player we thought we were going to get after that week one blow up where where he was unbelievable. I don't think he's an RB one rest of the season either. I think he's he's definitely an RB two. Um, I don't think he caught the ball plenty at Bama. Either. Yeah, I don't think he did either. He had 48 catches in three seasons. So I'm not sure. Um, uh, I'd be more concerned if he was coming off the field in passing plays, but I don't think Richard has necessarily been targeted either. Um, I think it's just a product of the Raiders having better pass catchers this year than they had last year, you know. Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, Renfro, Ryan Grant. That's not terrible. I mean, I'm not thrilled about it, but, you know, I've seen worse passing passing these groups. So. Yeah, I guess, I mean, we're all kind of saying the same thing. Until he, you jump into that elite level, I mean, you're as a running back, you have to be able to catch three to four somewhere in that area passes a game. Like, <laughs> You need to be able to catch 50 balls by the end of the year to be that elite RB1 level. I just don't know that he's ever going to get there. It's so tough to do it just carrying the football. Um, there's not many guys that have been able to just, just carry the football and be a dominant RB1. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of names right now. It's basically what Adrian Peterson. <laughs> um, I, honestly, I'm, I don't yeah, know. I- Outside of being a, a one in an every twenty year player like Adrian Peterson, if you're going to do that, you have to be on a really good team, and yeah. he's he he's not going to be in that situation at all with 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 Oakland. But you're also like <clears throat> thinking about the conversation we're having. He's he's a rookie. It's his third. He's going into his third game of his campaign. Sure, right? Like you didn't draft him to be that type of player. You drafted him to be an RB two with a little bit of upside. And, and I think he has that. I, I, he's, he's exactly what you would have hoped for when you drafted him. Yeah. I mean, he had 12 carries last week and had 99 yards in a game where they got blown out. So I, I'm good with that guy. You're just hoping he, he can punch one in or get him over, over the hump. But if you're getting 10, 10 points in yardage alone. You know, you're happy with that. So, who wins franchise versus Weevils? Give me the franchise. Oh, I, I got to take the Weevils. I, I'm i just looking at Kenyon Drake staring at me in the RB2 slot, and I, I, I can't do it. I thought you were going to say Zeke, <laughs> Zeke against Miami on the Weevils side. <laughs> that feels like 100. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna take the franchise too. I think Kyler Murray and that Cliff Kingsbury offense leads him to a win this week. Did you like that, Phil? I know you're a Kingsbury fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, I I, I was kind of out on it in the preseason, but it it, it it's looked pretty damn solid. All right, battle of the dogs. 
in the far division next. Desert Dogs sitting at 0 2. Must win against the 2 0 Mad Dogs. Got some grief from Micah last week that um, I didn't pick him to win. I did let him know that I was the only one on the podcast that said Antonio Brown would score, which he did. Um, so I did have a little bit of love for him, but no love this week going against me. We'll start off with my team. What do you guys think about Alvin Kamara rest of the season with either Teddy Two Gloves or Phil, you call them the Swiss Army Knife. My favorite nickname I've seen for Taysom Hill right now is the Latter Day Slash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so how do you feel about Teddy Two Gloves or the Latter Day Slash playing quarterback? Do you guys think Kamara's an RB one or RB two rest of the year? I hate talking about my running backs. You know that. That's why it's on here. Yeah. Man, um, it's I've not good. Seen, I've seen a lot of people thinking that, that this is really going to hurt his value. I am on the belief that this is going to help his value. I, I think that they're just going to give this guy the rock for the next <laughs> six weeks and say, please carry us, get us to the playoffs so we can try to get Breeze healthy and hopefully make a run at this at the end. I, I honestly see his just them just giving him the ball nonstop. So I think he's RB one material the rest of the way, no doubt. Wow, no doubt. So I'll, I'll take a little bit of a different approach to this. I, I think if everything indicates Bridgewater is going to start, Teddy Two Gloves, the the hamburger helper guy. If everything indicates he's going to start. I, I'm I'm fine with Kamara. I don't know if he's an, an RB one. He'll probably be facing nine in the box, but I, I think he's fine. If I hear that Hill is taking first team reps and he's going to be the starting quarterback that week, I'm doing everything I can to get on the phones with every other owner in the league and try and maximize my value for Kamara over the next few weeks because it's just it's going to be a complete train wreck. The the have, having him back there. That's my answer. You're not even going to believe what I wrote down here. I said I hate Kamara with Bridgewater, but if Taysom Hill's back there, I'm a huge <laughs> Kamara fan. Um, I and it's it's more but why because I think it becomes a little more of a read option offense where the team has to respect the keeper from Hill and the, they kind of soften and don't charge. Bridgewater's terrible. I watched that whole game on Sunday, and I don't know if it was the fact that. He wasn't prepared to play or what it was, but he stank. But in, in, in what world does an offense just completely change week to week and, and start running Hill out there with all read options? I think Sean Payton's good enough to do that. Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> I don't mind Hill. I think it's a different dynamic. I, I can't imagine a world where he's worse than Bridgewater was last week, but it's also a tough matchup. It's who are they playing again? That, Seattle. I, no, I mean it, it, it was a tough matchup, and you're coming in mid-game. You don't have any, you don't have any you don't have the first team reps for that week. Let, let let's see what happens this week. I I, I like Teddy a lot more. 
Who do they have this week? Seattle. That's right. Okay. I don't know. I think he. I think Kamara is going to be okay. I would like to see him catch more balls than he caught last week against the Rams. Um, and I think they'll. I think they'll find a way to use him more in the passing game, regardless who's back there. But. Um, hey Ed. Hey. How do you feel about Kamara rest of the season? He blows. <laughs> no, really. You're not in on him. Do you like him better with Bridgewater or Taysom Hill? <laughs> Riveting. What'd you say? So this thing's really choppy. I came out of there saying I should probably just leave it. Sorry. I can hear you now. Okay, maybe it's finally syncing up. Sorry. No, you're good. Who do you like better as as a quarterback for Kamara's production, Hill or Bridgewater? Oof, I don't know. Uh, Teddy's pretty bad. I've been a Teddy two glove guy my whole life. So, would you rather get shot in the arm or the leg? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing for Kamara's production, I'll take Taysom Hill and run some read option and do some interesting oh. stuff. <laughs> that's exactly that's what better. I said. For Michael Thomas's production, unfortunately, I think I have to go with which I don't even know if that's right. <laughs> I did try to look up some some similar situations where a quarterback got hurt in the last four years early in the season like this. The four quarterback situations that I could come up with were Jimmy G in 2018. I wouldn't call Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breida and company similar to Kamara. Um, Deshaun Watson and the Texans in 2017, Lamar Miller, I wouldn't compare that situation. And then in 2015, it was Tony Romo and Andrew Luck, who their running backs were, Darren McFadden and, and Frank Gore. So I couldn't find a comparable situation to say – it could replicate this. So I did do some research to try to come up with something for the show, but I was unable to do so. So, well, here's the thing. It's, it's really tough to, to do that. And especially it's really tough to change your offense week to week. Like you can't go from a, a passing quarterback like breeze to somebody that's going to be primarily a running quarterback. Say well, Baltimore, like, did, Baltimore did it last year. Yeah. Baltimore, Baltimore did it with, that was the plan in drafting Lamar Jackson to get to that point. But this is this is the primary reason that, that teams aren't signing Colin Kaepernick because they're not going to bring in a running quarterback to back up a passing quarterback. Taysom Hill was like the fourth best quarterback in preseason. Oh, I know. I know. It means nothing. All right. Um, Daniel Jones completed like 90% of his passes in the preseason. That's not cool. Mason Rudolph was a stud. I can't wait for <laughs> you said that's not going away, Ed? No. I've been pounding the fact that he's the best quarterback in that draft, and I won't stop. <laughs> All right. All right, let's go to the Mad Dogs. Who do you guys like in the flex spot for the Mad Dogs if Damian Williams can't give it a go? Um, Give me – And do we like Damian Williams if he can give it a go, I guess, would be my follow-up. I say, give me some Carlos Hyde this week. 
I feel yeah, like there's going to be some points there, and I think Houston scores has enough possessions in the red zone that I think Hyde scores one. Yeah, I, I like Hyde. If Damian Williams is a go, you don't have a choice. You, you got to play him, especially because McCoy's banged up. If, if McCoy doesn't go, Damian Williams does, or he suits up, you, you got to play Damian. Uh, I'm going to go with Jamison Crowder. Um, I think that would be my play. I actually didn't mind the Falk guy that much. And I think they're going to be throwing a lot. So I think Crowder could, you know, get six, seven catches. So that would be my play if I was Mike. Damian Williams has 22 carries for 34 yards. But he catches passes. Mm Mm-hmm. Who wins the Battle of the Dogs in the Favre? Mm. Season on the line for the Desert Dogs, huh? I don't love the Desert Dogs matchups this week. Me either. With that being said, I think I'm going to take the Desert Dogs. Because <laughs> there's no reason not to. There's two reasons not to right now. I'm going to take the Desert Dogs too. I think I think I I have to win. So that's not a good reason to pick somebody to win. Well, if we've seen one team rip off a bunch of wins in a row, yeah. All right, agree to disagree, but I'll uh, give me mixed Mad Dogs. This is the first week in forever that I haven't picked the Desert Dogs. I, I just I, I like their their, their matchups a, a little bit more, and Eckler is just on a complete tear and has no sign of slowing down. If forever is two weeks, then yes, because you took the clan in week one against the Desert Dogs. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't re- I didn't realize I was right back in week one. <laughs> Ed, who you got? Dogs. Which one? <laughs> He's not the best color man in the league for nothing. Um, the ones from the desert. Thank you. All right, game five on the ledger. We got the clan versus T-Bag. We'll start off with the clan. Right now, Devin Smith in his flex two spot. How you guys feel about Devin Smith? Is he a viable flex play with Michael Gallup on the sidelines this week? This is one of those injuries that just really, really hurts because you go from having Gallup and starting Gallup to not only losing him, but the guy you're playing against has has Smith now, so it, it he's he's definitely a viable flex play against the Dolphins. If I have anybody in the Cowboys on my roster, I'm I'm putting him in the lineup. Yeah, I think Smith's a good play this week. I was I was pretty excited about Gallup's prospects this week, having a big game. Um, I think Smith gets in the end zone here and probably catches around six or seven balls. Ed, how do you feel about Devin Smith? He's a good guy. Dude, I can't get anything to work right. This is a disaster. I apologize. That's all right. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, maybe he uh, comes to fruition. It's supposed to be something coming out of Ohio State and then kind of fell off the map. So uh, I think the way Dak's playing, there's room for uh, someone to do some things there. I don't think they're going to run Zeke into the ground. I think they'll throw it around a little bit. So I think it's I think it's fun to throw him in there in the flex. Phil, you said if you have any Cowboys in your lineup, you got to get them in this week. You did not say that you would play Randall Cobb in the flex for the Mad Dogs, though. You said you'd play Hyde or Williams. No, you're, you're, you're right. I kind of went back to the rule you said back in week one, where if you're in the air, you, you, you go with the running back over a receiver. I mean, even though back in week one, I ended up going with Sammy Watkins, and he had a, he had a pretty good game. But I, I, I think for, for the most part, that's that's a good rule to, to, to go by. And Hyde seems to, to be the, the back to own in that backfield, which is why I went with him. But good call. I think I would have played Chark if I was playing. It's easy to say that he has a touchdown now, but he's been Minshew's favorite target. So I think I would have played uh, Chark if I had to, if I was Fegley. But – with that not being the case, I think he has to play Devin Smith with the guys that are on his on his team. He's not going to – he can't play Brady. not going to play Golden Tate. And Alshon Jeffries hurt. So, um, got to be Devin Smith. And I, I think it's – you know, you're just hoping for five or six catches. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it's a game where they can almost kind of see what they got with them because, I mean, you got to feel like they're going to be touring with them, right? Yeah. So – I mean, this game should be out of hand by halftime, if not with the third quarter. So maybe they, they take a take a look and see what they got with him, try to force some balls his way. I, I think he gets into the, the sixth catch range. So it should be a productive week. It's a great segue. So if it's out of hand by the third or fourth quarter, why is Tony Pollard not in your lineup? That's kind of why I picked up Pollard. Um, I'm considering putting him in. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get to Stein's team now. Uh, the question is, there's two questions for Shane's team. First is, will Mike Evans finish ahead of Chris Godwin the rest of season? No. Uh, no. He's not good. Wow. I've been saying wow. five years. He's not good. Wow. Yeah, I mean – I I, I I put this question in there because Godwin is having such a good year and he seems to be Winston's favorite target, right? And it was just a question of if Evans was going to come back. And I really thought going into the year that that Bucks offense could sustain two receivers that could finish as, as wide receiver ones. And I, I just don't see it anymore. And I think one of them is. And it, it, I, I do agree that it, it's going to be Godwin. I have Godwin yeah. too. Um, I heard some smarter people than me kind of overlay Bucks routes over Cardinals routes um, under Arians' offense, and Mike Evans is running all of the routes that John Brown ran in that offense, and Goblin's running all the routes that Larry Fitzgerald ran in that offense. So that's good. It's also guessing you want the Larry Fitzgerald ones, right? I, I think you're in for a couple of big weeks with Evans, but you could be in for some, you know, John Brown weeks too. So I think you're also talking about a guy that gets very mediocre separation and does absolutely zero after the catch. 
and then you're talking about a quarterback who's trying to play for his life in the league. Like, if you're trying to play for your life in the league, are you trying to throw jump balls? Like, no. But we we've seen you're you're right about the the quarterback thing, but we've seen Evans just completely take over games, with being being in the right situation. I, to 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 me, it's all about like. Winston is just he. Winston's dropping back there. He is locked in on a wide receiver, and it does not matter if he's open or not. The ball's going his way. That's that's what I like to say, at least for for when I go to sleep at night and say, "Is OJ Howard going to come back at some point?" <laughs> and then the other question for Shane's team: um, When will Miles Sanders break out? And I think it's going to be this week. Uh, I'm hoping it's this week, but I'm a little concerned that it maybe is not going to happen this year. Um, That's a tough $30 to swallow there, buddy. I think if it does happen this year, I think it's going to be this week. (laughs) But if it doesn't happen this week, I don't know that it happens this year. I'm a big fan of the the week two. Let's go ahead and write players off for for the rest of the season. Um, very happy to to trade you what you might consider fair value for my team to get Miles Sanders, and I, and I do think this is one of the weeks where he might get featured just because of a a last man standing in in terms of yes. how many players are hurt on that offense. But again. I think week six, week seven, if it's not this week, he'll come back and, and just – they'll start featuring him. And, and you don't draft a guy in the second round to, to just put him as part of a, a three-headed committee. Eddie, I don't know if I know where you stand on Miles Sanders. I'm out. I don't think that he's ever going to commit to someone. I also don't think you trade for someone and then don't use them. And I don't think you re-sign Sproles and don't use them. So there's your counter to that. The guy's never going to ride one dude enough to make him what you paid $30 for. Uh, I'm out on it. He's going to rotate people. He's going to put them in situations. He has plays drawn for certain people. It's just he's an asshole for fantasy players. If, 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 I, if I could just counter and say they've never had – the talent that he has at the running back position under, un, under Peterson, like they trade. Okay. They, they trade for a Jai and then he goes into a little bit of a committee. He wasn't the complete feature back in that offense, but then they cut him and nobody picks him up because he's a terrible talent. He, he, he's just awful. You, you draft a guy in the second round and I, and I understand you re-sign Sproles, but you also cut Sproles before you re-signed him, meaning he's pretty much worthless. You bring him back as the, the least amount of money as you can, but you, you, you don't you don't take a guy in the second round to just put him as, okay, you're going to be our first down back. You're going to bring somebody else in for second or, or a few other series. Eventually, the plan is to, to make him the feature back, and then maybe you bring in somebody else for third down once in a while, but he's going to be the, the, the every down back at some point this season. Nobody beats the draft draft capital drum like Phil does. So. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with the statement that we've we've never seen Peterson commit to a runner, 
And I, the only counter I would say to the draft capital is that Philly's one of those teams that seems to be on, in on every player, and they're a huge depth team, and they're always looking to add players even to positions they're already set at. So I think it is a lot about just getting fresh bodies in and using different uh, multiple formations and having a bunch of different looks for teams to go against. So I'm not sure it's going to be a feature back, but I do. I'd like him as the best back in what I still consider to be a good offense. All right. Let, 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 me, let me just add one, one more thing. And like, let's pay attention to the talent that Philly has had at running back and what they've done after leaving the team. Like Ajayi can't even get a side. He's like, we're, we're, we're Smallwood. Like, these guys are terrible. Like, they're, they're just bad NFL players that are barely on a roster and they're barely on the Eagles. They've never had any talent at running back. I, I When I was talking about talent accumulators, I was more talking about – Understood. No, I, I, I understood. I'm, I'm just saying they've never had a player like this in this offense, so it's not really – We think – Fair we've, to look never back really, at it. we've never really seen him play. Yeah, you're anointing him as this huge talent. Like, what is like? Huh? Look, I mean, I'm 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 a Penn State fan. I I don't like Miles Sanders very much for a variety of reasons. I'm just saying, like, he was a highly touted via scout prospect coming out of college, and they haven't had somebody like that on their team since Lashawn McCoy. All right, who wins, Clan versus T. Bag? I'll take T. Bag. Uh, give me the Clan because of Patty Mahomes. Let me get T. Bag. Um, I'll go T. Bag too. I think it's a close one. All right, now we get to the fifth game on our ledger. I misspoke last time. Uh, Wolves versus Park. We'll start off with the Sea Wolves. Phil wants to know who he should play in his flex two this week. He's giving us Demarcus Robinson, Josh Gordon, and Will Fuller as options. Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, I'm going to go with the guy that Pat Mahomes is throwing the football to. Yeah, I'm going to go Robinson. All right. Well, thank you. Let me, let me rephrase the question. What happens if McCoy and Damian Williams are both out? Do I put Darwin over Robinson? No, they're going to throw more, and Darrell Williams will get more touches than Darwin Thompson. <laughs> why, why do I have him on my roster, then? I'm not sure. Does anybody disagree with that statement? No. I don't know that Darwin Thompson will really play that much. (laughs) All right. What do you guys make of Marquise Hollywood Brown this week for the park? I'm excited about this guy. Um, He had a lot more targets last week. So um, I I think he might be the number one receiver in Baltimore, which I did not think he would be coming into this year. I think he's really good. I wonder. I think this game is getting like touted as like a shootout. I just wonder if 
Lamar doesn't see this as a huge dick measuring opportunity for him, and he plays really bad. Yeah, this is a pretty big game as far as the AFC goes, right? Yes. Um, two teams that we expect to be playoff teams. Um, Brown has certainly looked like he's going to be the go-to guy there in Baltimore. Um, expecting a shootout, I don't know that we're going to get a shootout. I think it's. I, I think there's going to be points. Don't get me wrong. These are both teams are too good to just slow down the entire game, but. I don't know if it's like a 38-35 game. I think it's more of like a 27-24 game, something maybe a little lower than that. So I think Brown still has a good game, though. Casey's defense just isn't good enough to contain them for entire four quarters. So I I, I kind of feel like Hollywood is going to be a boomer bust this week. He's either going to have a great game or he's not even going to be um, – not not gonna have a whole lot of targets and, and, and fantasy points. It could go either way, but he he's definitely a, a, a great play and it'll be really interesting to see what the Ravens do against a, a, a real a real defense and, and, and somebody that they're not favored by two touchdowns over. Definitely looking forward to seeing seeing these two teams uh play. I think it was a really good game last year. Yeah, it was. Who wins Wolves versus Park? I'll take the Park. Oh. Yeah, I'll take the uh, Park and it's not close. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Go ahead, Ed. Just do it. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you're going to get like a, a one to zero matchup here at tight end. <laughs> um, oh god I know I think the fact that DJ Moore is playing against the terrible Arizona defense probably helps I'll I'll take the park and I think it is pretty close alright well thanks for saying it's close at least um, give me the wolves I think, I think Mixon goes off James Conner as a as immediate, <laughs> James Conner has. Hey, you're, let me finish. He has a mediocre day, but Mick, Mixon's going off. No, are you kidding me? No, no, he he's solid. <laughs> Every week, I feel like we just hear Phil saying, "I think this is the week that my guys go off." <laughs> All right, let's get to the matchup of the week. That's the ice cream versus the steel curtain. Damn, this is two out of three for the curtain, huh? Who? Yeah, two out of three. Uh, we just, just, yeah. just, just playing big games around here. Yes, a lot of big games in the the LA division. Brent lights. We'll start off with Team Ice Cream. Uh, not a good start for Leonard Fournette tonight. He blows. Um, you guys think Fournette's an RB one rest of the season? I originally said yes. I think he is because I actually like this offense, um, but it's not good. Doesn't look good. Yeah, eight for negative three so far. Ain't gonna get. Ain't gonna cut it. Um, in the RB one stat. Um, but I do kind of like Fournette rest of the way. Looks like Minshew's kind of capable here of at least providing something through the air. 
Um, still a little bit wait and see. I, I think he's going to be okay, though. Um, I think I think Tennessee's run defense is a little better than, than you think. So um, I, I kind of like Fournette rest away. I think he is going to be just bottom tier RB1. If, if, if I told you they were going to be up 17 nothing in the third quarter, how many fantasy points do you think Fournette would have had? At least 10. Seven. Yeah, this, this, this is troubling. I mean, this is a perfect game script for him to take over. And I, I know, Shane, to your point, their run defense isn't, isn't too bad. But I, I don't know how I can say he's an RB1 rest of the season based on what I'm seeing right now. Well, I mean, through – Three weeks now, it's, it's they've shown pretty consistently that they're going to get him between 15, 20 touches a game. So, I mean, what are what more do you want from a guy, RB1? That sounds like bottom tier RB1 to me, right? No, you, you, you're right, but it's going to be a, a bad offense. That I, I don't, I'm not a Minshaw truther, but I know some people that are. I the touches will be there, but the, the, the touches are there for Mixon too, and I think I'm the only one that that thinks he's he's not too bad of a play. I am a Minshew truther. I think this yep. is an absolute living legend. <laughs> I love him. I loved him when he was at Washington State. I love the stories that come through every day on him. If you didn't see the story that came out recently, look it up. Hilarious. Um, he, uh, I, to Shane's point, too, Eddie. I think the volume argument is why I think Shane's saying he's going to be a back end RB one. Anybody that gets 20, 15, 20 touches a game, if they stay healthy for sixteen games at the running back position, could be close to that. You got to do something with them, though. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to get fifteen carries and like three or four catches every game, I mean. <laughs> it's it's almost it's if, if, with it, unless you just don't ever score, it's hard to not be bottom tier RB one. How many touchdowns does he have through the first three weeks? Uh, I don't know that he's scored yet. He hasn't. Regression's coming. That's my good point. regression. Um, all right, let's go to the curtain. Is this the week David Montgomery gets more usage in a Monday night game against the Redskins? More usage. That was that was Phil Phillips stated that. I know he had 18 carries last week. Yeah, I mean, if you'd think if he gets 20 carries, he's a low end RB one. But I, I guess the que- the, the question is more of do you do you think he is the 20 carry guy this week, or do you think it's more of a week one game script? No, I think that's that ship has sailed. I think we all thought that ship had sailed after watching Mike Davis play too much. Um, it's got to no. be Montgomery this week. I mean, I think we all know that Montgomery is going to be the guy. We've talked about it now a couple times. I, I'm a little worried about him having a great game this week. I think the Skins are going to show some pride at home on a Monday night game. Um, I'm going to wait a little bit later in the year until Montgomery really takes stride and takes off maybe after their bye week. Just looking for volume. Yeah, I mean, I I just have concerns overall about the the Bears' offense, as as I'm sure everybody does. He he's an every week play, but what like what the hell is Mitch Trubisky? 
That's why I think they're going to lean on Montgomery more because I think Nagy now knows that Trubisky is, and he's not going to be putting these dumb gadget plays in. He's just going to go back to – I mean, Trubisky is the now Blake Bortles of the NFL. Like, he's got a great defense, and he's literally the only thing keeping this team from being, you know, a, a league championship contender on the NFC side. So – I think Nagy knows that, and I think they're going to be in the market for a quarterback next in the offseason. And Montgomery's going to get the usage this week because they have to start putting some good football on tape. So, what do you guys make of Peyton Barber rest of season for Ed's team? Hmm. Kind of tough to tell, right? I mean, I have a hard time trusting anyone in that backfield. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's so tough to trust. I mean, that Tampa Bay offense, especially the the running game. I mean, but if he's going to get like last week, everyone's talking how Ronald Jones is going to be the guy, and then Barber rips off twenty three carries. Um, obviously. After the production last week, you're, you're starting him in, a, in what seems like a pretty decent matchup this week. But rest of season, I mean, I think you're looking at somewhere in the he, – he's a, he's a flex play. He's just a flex play. That's what he is. I mean, not, you hope for weeks where he – like last week where he puts up 15, but you're expecting to get 8, Ten. 9, yeah. somewhere in there. This should be a good matchup for Barber this week, but I think this is the week against a bad pass defense where they really try to get Jameis right. Number five running back. Oh, yeah. Giovanni Bernard, remember two games last year without Joe Mixon. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's just what what I wanted to hear, Matt Berry analysis. Thank you. Um, Hopefully, uh... Old Peyton buddy's not on the roster too long. Ooh, hinting at a trade. We'll see. Hot takes here on the pod. But he's going to score twice this week, so. Oh, really hot. Phil, you still here? All right. Um, who wins ice cream versus curtain? <laughs> this is not one to put in the podcast Hall of Fame tonight. No, he's gone. Uh, the curtain wins. They're really good. I am going to go with the... Curtain. I really want to pick the curtain to win this one. No, you I, know what? I, I double-checked my – I'm going to go with the ice cream. I'm sorry. It's hard to go against Dak and Amari. Um, that's going to be a tough combo this week. I think Ertz gets a ton of targets as well. Um, but before the pot, I had the curtain circle. I'm going to go with the curtain. All right, Ed. You got a two for one special for us? No. We just get out of dodge here. I got some. Pr- you got some pressure, right? I nailed the two for one last week. So, did you? We won our won our listeners some money last week with uh, the Jacksonville and Arizona both came in. 
Um, what do we got this week? You're taking the Deadskins, it sounds like, Monday night. Oh, man, what is that? They're getting four. That's not enough. Mm, that, yeah, that's that's rough. Um, I think I would take the Stillers getting six and a half, I believe. I like that. And I would take the G-Men getting six and a half as well. All right. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's enough for tonight. I want to thank you guys for joining me. If you've made it this long, you've withstood all of our technical difficulties. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. I'm assuming no one else has anything to, to talk about this week. No, we're going to have to wrap this one up. We we just did not do a great job tonight. We'll be back no. better, better than ever next week. Yeah, not our best. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening. Hopefully there is a podcast next week. If the Desert Dogs are 0-3, I may not be on it. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. Good luck in week three, and we'll talk to you next week.